the um, you know a seriti may chuva. Like it's a time where we don't know how to how to treat ourselves. Are we okay, or are we not so okay? Do we have something to do or not to do? I'm happy personally that I'm able to give this shear. Louis Nishmat Esther Malka Bat Avraham Aleha Shalom. And I'm glad that the Goldmans are willing to let me do this. Because I think it's um, a spirit of merit for me during the Serapine Chuva. We all know that this was a difficult day, a difficult two days for us. Somebody was killed, you know, it's, uh, when somebody has a name, it's not really fair, but it's different. And you know, those of you from uh, America, from New York, you all know that name. Because the, the Nirtzak's father was a pillar of Jewish education for many years. And there are hardly any people who went to, it's like the modern Orthodox kind of educational scheme, who did not come across Rabbi Yonah Fult. And so, for all of us in that category, just, you know, not that it really makes any difference, but the feeling is different. So that uh, these are Seret I guess we need a little more something to keep us on the straight and narrow. I'd like to tell you how I see what I'm doing here tonight. I would like to, I would like to tell you uh, about tshuva, about repentance, but uh, but it's a difficult thing because the way I see it is that everybody has to define that for themselves, and all I can do, all I can do is talk about it. But what I say is not necessarily what you say, and what you say is what's really important. So I'll talk a little bit, but I hope that, you know, it's like an infection. You talk about tshuva, and then maybe you kind of move in that direction. It's difficult for us. Difficult for us, difficult for me, to think about changing, being better. I mean, it's so easy to say those things, but so difficult to really affect it somehow. How do you do that? How do you become? How do you become better? How do you take the simplest things and make them really part, really part of you? Uh, you know, the Chavetz Chaim looked around. He was a very special person. I mean, I can't. Uh, we haven't got time, but it's worth thinking about special people. Sometimes he was a very special person, and he looked around at Am Yisrael literally. He had looked, and he saw all of Am Yisrael. And he said, he said, Lashon Hara. That's what he said. That's the problem. We've got to stamp out Lashon Hara. And he did what he did, and he tried what he tried. And I'm not sure that we've all, you know, reached that pinnacle that he set out for us. But he tried. He tried to deal with a problem that Am Yisrael had according to his vision of things. So I want to, 
I mean, now that we know it's very difficult to do tshuva, even though we stand on Yom Kippur all day and we say al chet, and some people really bang very hard, somehow thinking that the harder you bang, the better off you are. I'm not sure that this is the case. I'm not sure that banging makes that much difference. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just thinking out loud, you know. People do that sometimes. So if you look at the sheet, on the second side of the sheet, there's an interesting Gemara. There's a, a quotes, an interesting Gemara. The last thing on the sheet, Masechet Psachim Daf Nun Dalet Amur You see? All the way there. It says, Shivat Varim Nivra'u Kodem Shinivra Ha'olam. Imagine that. The Gemara says, it appears several, in several other sources as well. But the Gemara says that there were seven things that God created. It doesn't say God created, but I guess we could agree about that. Before the creation of the world. The creation of the world starts with Vayom Elohim Yehi Or. God created light. And uh, uh, before that, even though it's not written clearly any place, there were seven different things that were created. Elohim, Torah, Tshuva, Gan Eden, Gehinom, Kisei HaKavod, Ubeit HaMikdash. Now since we're going to talk about Tshuva, let's focus on that idea. This is what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, uh, a God, before God set out to create the world, God created Tshuva. God created Tshuva. What a curious notion. But I would ask you this question. How do you think Chazal knew that? I mean, after all, Chazal were created after the world was created. They woke up one day, you know, and they were screaming and yelling, each of the Chazal babies, and they said, this is it, this is the world, right? This is the world. And then one of those babies got a little older and he said, well, what about tshuva? What about this idea of repentance? And they all sat around in a chorus, all the Chazal babies, and they said, they said, no, tshuva was created before the world was created. And we are here, like maybe 2,000 years later, asking that question. How did they know, or what was it that they based this supposition on? That the tshuva that we know about, which is probably a mitzvah of some sort, but we'll see that presently, that tshuva, that tshuva somehow uh, uh, predates the creation of the world. You know, like, they say Torah predates the creation of the world. You know that Chazal said, that istakel, it's also in the Zohar in several places, istakel ba'oraita ubara alma. Right, that's a, a well-known phrase. God looked into the Torah and, and looked very carefully and he saw a blueprint for creating the world. God looked into the Torah and created the world. So if God looked at the Torah and created the world, I guess the Torah was there before the world, right? That seems to be... Well, also, I could understand that the idea of Torah is different than the idea of world, right? Pre-creation, creation, but let's get back to tshuva. Why did Chazal say 
why does Chazal say that tshuva was created before? The tshuva was created before the world was created. And I can add another question to that. I mean, what difference does it make to me? What does it make? Like I say, uh, we're about to go and do the mitzvah of lulav, right? We all take a lulav and shake it. We all do or we all don't, but everybody does it today, right? Everybody takes a lulav and shakes the lulav and says a bracha. Everybody, now does it matter to me if the lulav pre-existed the world or didn't pre-exist the world? I mean, you know, I mean, what difference does it make? I got to go now and get a lulav and make that make a bracha on that lulav. That's what I do. What difference could it possibly make to me to think that tshuva was created by God before the world was created? I mean, now today I have to do tshuva. I mean, it's Yom Kippur. I'm going to go and say kol nidre. You know, I'm going to get very kind of neurotically excited about that old nigun that everybody likes so much, and we sing along, and we're with it, and we, we, we say all kinds of strange things in Yom Kippur, which I don't want to get into right now, but what difference does it make to me? So two questions. One question is, how did Chazal know? How did Chazal know that, that God created Shuvah before God even created the world? And second question is, what difference does it make to me to know that God created Shuva before the creation of the world itself. So, in order to answer this question, in order to answer this question, I'll just add, first I'll add another question. I mean, that's the Jewish way, right? You wouldn't want just one question or two questions. So we'll have a few more questions. So the Rambam says, if you look at the, uh, where's the, you see, the thing is, I never see these sheets. I never see these sheets before I give the shield. Even though, I mean, I order them, I order them, but I don't see them. So I can't find anything on the sheet. So listen, the first thing on the sheet is the Rambam, Hilchot Tshuva, Perik Aleph, Halacha Gimel. Perik Aleph, Halacha Gimel. Before that, in Halacha Aleph and Halacha Bet, the Rambam explained to us that the Torah demands of us that we do Tshuva. Now there is a side point which I don't want you to bother me about. And that's about whether the mitzvah is tshuva or the mitzvah is vidui. Vidui is confession. You know, on Yom Kippur, we confess a lot. In fact, we confess for every sin in the book. Have you ever noticed that? That itself has got to make you feel badly about yourself. But not only that, we say it ten times. Imagine confessing to every sin in the book ten times. Well, if you like read that seriously, you kind of could get a pretty low opinion of yourself. Um, why we do that, maybe we'll answer that a little later. So the Rambam says, the Rambam says, the Torah wants you to do tshuva. And this is how you do tshuva. And then he explains, you have to speak the words of your sins. That's called vidu. And then the Rambam says, Halakha Gimel, the first Halakha on the sheet. Aleph Gimel. Bisman Hazeh. The Rambam. What does Bisman Hazeh? What does Bisman Hazeh mean? He explains it. Bisman Hazeh. She'ein Beit HaMikdash Kayam. Ve'ein Lanum Bezbeach Kapara. Today, 
means when he was alive, when the Rambam was alive. You remember when that is? It's like sort of halfway between the Tanaim and us. Right? Tanaim, us, go halfway. There's the Rambam. So the Rambam says, in our time, in our time, you know, just think of it. When there's no, he says, Ein lanu, Ein Beit HaMikdash Kayam, true or false? True. There's no Beit HaMikdash. Ve'in lanu Mizbeach Kaparach. And we don't have an altar on which we sacrifice sacrifices as the Torah directed us to do. So, so what's the, what happened? We're in a, in a bind. We can't do it. We can't do it. The, the Rambam continues that he says, on his own, he makes it up. And he says, Ein sham ela tshuva. So all we have left today, we can't go to the Beit HaMikdash, we can't follow the Kohen Gadol and what the Kohen Gadol does, we can't be part of the process that's described in the Torah. Ein lanu ela tshuva. What's left is tshuva. And then the Rambam says, ha-tshuva mechaperet al kol ha-alkot. And so the Rambam says, tshuva takes over the whole story. In the olden times, the Rambam, in the ancient times when there was a Beit HaMikdash, and you had to bring a korban, and you had to go with the Kohen Gadol, and you had to speak your mind, and, and say, Vidu. okay, that was then. Today, we don't have any of that. We don't have a Beit HaMikdash, and we don't have a korban, and we don't have a Mizbeach. We don't have any of, of that, so what do we have left? We have tshuva. Okay, we have tshuva. And then the Rambam adds his own way of understanding. And he says, Tshuva atones for everything. In other words, it's like the Rambam says, in the olden times, you needed the Beit HaMikdash, and you needed the Mizbech, and you had to bring a Korban. You had to do all of those things. Today, we don't do that. All we have to do is to do Tshuva. How did the Rambam know that. Why did the Rambam say, why couldn't the Rambam just say, today, we're all cripples. We just can't do it. We can't get the tshuva underway in a proper manner. Why did the Rambam say that? Rambam said, no. We have tshuva. We can do tshuva. We can make the tshuva work, even though there's no korban, there's no mizbeach, there's no kohen gadol. So if you look at uh, you look at the, 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 next, the next part of the sheet. Reshit Perek Dalet. You see that? You see? If you fold your sheet in half, it comes out perfectly in half. <laughs> if you don't want to start up, uh, uh, fold your sheet in half, then don't. It says this. Reshit Perek Dalet. And I assume, you know, this is, this Shabbos is Ha'azinu, right? And then then is Simchat Torah, and then Parshat Breshit. So we're sort of in the Parshat of Shavuah. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> if you have a good imagination, so it's the Parshat, it's Parshat of Shavuah. But what's wrong with a little imagination? It says in, the, it says in, the, in that Parshat, which everybody knows, but that's a, those are the best kind of things to teach. 
אדם ידע את חווה אשתו. ידע את חווה אשתו. אדם, that's his name. ידע את חווה, that's her name. אשתו. וטהר, and she conceived, וטהלת את קין, and she gave birth, her first son was named קין. ותאמר, קיניתי איש את השם. קניתי איש את השם. All right. I don't want to get into that. But you remember that in the Tanakh, in the Torah, especially names are connected to ideas, to phrases. So she called her son Kayin because this was something. Right? Okay. Batosef laledet et achiv et hever. She had another pregnancy and she gave, back to, she gave birth to the brother Cain's brother, whose name was Hevel. Vayi Hevel Ruetzon Vekayin Hayaoved Adama. So here you have the first generation of people existing in the world and they divide up their interests between herding Ruetzon and what the Torah calls Oved Adama. Oved Adama. Of course, Herding is less per- permanent. You have to keep moving around a lot. Whereas Oved Adama, you're always in the same place. The Adama doesn't move. Right? The Adama doesn't, doesn't move. The Gemara says that you, 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 you can't make a Kenyan on Adama through years, for example. You can't, you, know, you can't transfer ownership unless you actually, unless you actually buy it. Pasuk Gimel says... After some time, the end of days, not the end of days, you know, like the Christians talk about the end of days, not those end of days. After a while, that's what the, that's what the Pesach said. After a while, So, Cain, he, he, he had this idea. And this is something that the Ramban talks about at great length, he had this idea that when you get something in the world, you have to, you have to give it back a little bit. You have to give it back to God. I mean, nobody told him this. There's no mitzvah. There's no mitzvah that Kayin had. But it says, it says in the Pasuk, He brought a present, Lashem, because he realized, he recognized the fact that thanking God was a reasonable thing to do. That if he was successful, it must have something to do with God. It was Kayan. Kayan, who turned out to be less than a stellar performer. But he understood that. The Hevel Evigamu and Hevel also playing a minor role here in the way it's presented. Right? Kayan, he thought of it. The Hevel Gamu also he also brought also means not so important not so intelligent not so clever not so Hevel Evi Gamu Mibchorot so no Umichel Vehen he brought he brought as a mincha as a sacrifice uh, sheep and uh, uh, fats of the animals by Hevel Hevel. For some unknown reason, for some unknown reason, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu found Hevel, who was secondary, who followed Kayin. He found, HaKadosh Baruch Hu found that to be the superior gift. Okay, it doesn't say why it was a superior gift. But it just says that Vayisha Yashem el Hevel vel Minchato. Pasuk hey. Hey, vel Kayin vel Minchato lo I didn't like Kayin. I didn't like his present. So we can assume. I mean, as far as, you know, you read stories, you have to assume something. I assume that, that a Kaddish Bohu acted properly. That it was a legitimate kind of response. That a Kaddish Bohu was not happy with Kayin. And he was, for some reason, happy with Hevel. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I assume that if I knew, I would understand. That's what I, I, I assume that. I mean, I, I, I realize it's a bit of a stretch, but that's what I assume. And he says, And Kayin was angry, very angry. And it's not clear what he was angry about until the next pasuk. Hashem el Kayin Those of you who remember, remember on Yom Kippur we read after Yonah. So this should remind you. But we haven't got time now. But if you think about it, you know, you know, Yom Kippur is not a bad thing to think about the davening. Uh, at least I find it helpful. Uh, you know, just to follow along and wait for the tunes, I mean, it's okay, <laughs> but it's not uplifting. You know, even though people like to sing, but that's not exactly the same as being uplifted. You know, you sing because, uh, probably because you're all bored. You know, so singing is like uh, a panacea for boredom. But the thing you should be doing is learning something. That's what you should be, because that's the only, the only uh, entree that we have to something serious. We don't have anything else. That's what we have. So you got to do it. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to, uh, to Kayin, Lamana Flupanecha, how come you're so unhappy? I mean, oh God says, I mean, this happens all the time in Bereshit, right? God says, where are you? Where are you going? Where are you coming? What are you doing? Right? So we assume we assume, oh, it's not unreasonable to assume that God knew the answer to these questions. It wasn't like information gathering. It wasn't sort of like God saying to Kayin, you know, just tell me something while I'll go to Google and find out. You know, it was, it was like, like it, it's an accusation. It's an accusation. It says that your anger is misplaced. You're not correct about what you are doing. Halom teitiv se'et im lo teitiv v'fetachatat It's a hard person. Se'et, the word se'et in Hebrew means to bear something. If you are good, then you'll be born. B-O-R-N. Is that how you do it? B-O-R-N. Like, like I'll put up with you, God says. You know, like, like stop this nonsense. Right? Im lo titei 
If you don't improve your ways, the feta chatat rovates. All right, it's a hard phrase. We'll skip it. <laughs> well, I've got to leave you something. Right? You have to do something on your own. So figure out what that is. Ve'lecha chukato v'atatim sholbo. Right? This is also hard. Let's go on. Pasuk chet. Oh, you want it all to come out like easy? Like we're all in, in uh, elementary school. No, he said, that as the older you get, the less you understand. And it's wonderful to the children. They know everything. You take a child and you teach him Bereshit Child smiles. It's great. Of course. What's the child say? Yeah, it's perfect. How many years does it take a regular, you know, a child to learn that he doesn't understand the thing that it says in the Chumash? <laughs> that takes time. And it's good. It's a great thing to be able to say, I don't understand the Pasuk, and not to think that somebody's going to say, oh, you didn't listen when they explained it to you in school because they didn't really explain it. So the next Pasuk says, next Pasuk says, so Kayan has accepted the Musa that he received from the Kaddish Like parenthetic remark, they were out in the field. What's does mean? They're by themselves. There's nobody else there, right? There's nobody. It's Kayan Hevel. It's like a, not such a crowded world. So Kayin, Kayin figured out something remarkable. Kayin himself. And what he figured out was that one of the ways to become number one is to make sure that you're the only one contesting the position. And that's what Kayin figured out. He was the first one. The first one who figured out, who figured out that if he kills Hevel, then he's, by default, default's a big word today. Every time I look at my computer, I say default. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Usually it doesn't. Kayan figured out, he wanted to be number one. And here he was number two in a world where there were only two digits. There was nothing else. So Kayan said, if, if, if I kill Hevel, then I'm number one. There is nothing else. And that's what he did. That's what he did. And this seems to be in the Pasuk. The Pasuk, uh, anyway, it seems to be very uh, by the by, you know, Vayoma Hashem Kayin, Another one of those things. God says to Kayin, Where is Hevel? He doesn't mean where is Hevel. God knew where Hevel was. But what that means is you're responsible. This is like the first person in the world who is responsible. Right? That God told him that he was responsible. Okay, you can talk about Adam and Chava getting kicked out of Gan Eden. It's also a, a, a kind of responsibility. But here is Kayin. HaKadosh Baruch says to me, you are responsible for what you did. By Yomer, so God says to Kayin, A- so we agree. It doesn't mean 
that God didn't know. It means that God wanted to say something to 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 Cain, and that's what He said by Yomer Lo Yadati. Oh, there's a good one. Cain says to the Rebbeinu Shalom, "I haven't got a clue." So you see, the Cain really didn't have a clue because Cain thought that that was for real. That when God said, he meant, hey, I lost track, I don't know where Cain is. I was totally wrong. He, he didn't get the shot, so he said, I don't know. Like, you know, as though, as though God didn't know. And then he adds to that. He adds to that, that insulting remark, Hashomer, Achi, Anochi. Why are you talking to me? Am I responsible? Am I responsible for what's going on? Obviously, God said to him, you are responsible. You're responsible. HaShomer Achi Anochi. Pasuk Yud. Vayome ma'asita kol dbe achicha tzorakim elai min adama. So HaKadosh Bohu lets him in on it. What did you do? I hear the sound of your brother, the blood, of the blood that you spilled, calling up to me min ha'adama. Pasuk Yud Alev, Vata Arur Ata Min Haadama Asher Patzak Pia. Now comes the the uh, the punishment. You are cursed even more than the earth that opened up its mouth to let in the blood of your of your brother. Pasuk Yud Bet Ki Ta'avod Et Haadama. If you work the land, that land that swallowed up the blood of your brother, Loto you won't be able to uh, receive strength from it. Navanad Tiebaaretz. You know, it's you, Cain. You brought what did Cain bring? Pasuk Pasuk Gimel. He brought from, from the land. And what's the punishment that Cain is going to uh, have to undergo? He's going to be disconnected from the land. He's not going to have a place. He's going to be Navanad. Somebody who's Navanad can't do what Cain did, which is to grow things. You can only grow things if you're there. If you're there permanently, Cain's punishment was that he wouldn't be able to grow anything at all. And then Pasuk uh, Yud Gimel, which is really the critical Pasuk, Vayomer Cain el Hashem Gadol Avoni Minasov. Gadol, Vayomer Cain el Cain, like suddenly is overwhelmed with awareness. He, he suddenly realizes that he's done a terrible thing and he said, Gadol avoni so Gadol means big. Avoni, my, my transgression, what I did, so to bear, to bear something. Gadol avoni so I can't bear it. Now that you explain to me what the implications are of what I did, I don't think I can bear it. So that's the end of the story as far as we're concerned. Uh, we're concerned, except that 
uh, there's an amelioration of the punishment, right? God puts a siman on uh, on the Cain, and because of that siman, nobody, wherever he wanders around, he's not going to get killed. But his punishment remains intact that he wanders around. He can't, he can't uh, uh, farm the land. He can't produce the fruit that he produced before and bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He, he underwent the change. Kayin himself says, Gadol Avoni Minasot. Right? Gadol big, Avoni my transgression, Minasot to bear. I can't bear it. So if you look at the Ramban, you see next to, next to that there is Rashi and the Ramban. So look at the Ramban. Gadol Avoni Minasot, Bitmiha. Bitmiha. Means uh, you have to read it. Like a question, you know that in the Chumash there are really no supra-segmental signs in the Sefer Torah, which means that there's no way to tell if it's a question or a statement. You have to just decide, right? You have to decide. So sometimes it's easy to decide, and sometimes it's not so easy to decide. So in this case, quoting Rashi, the Rabban says, B'tviyah. Atato ein elyonim v'tachtonim. Like, Kayin looks to God and he says, look, you, you, know, you bear this whole world that you created. It's like such a mess. And you are in charge. Vavoni so, so I did something, so I killed somebody. You can't like, put up with that. You can't put up with the fact that I killed somebody. What's the big deal? That's what... What he says, and the Ramban says, "Lashon Rashi, mi Breshit Rabba." Huh? Where did he learn what killing is? What what is? Where, what killing is? Where did he learn yeah. it? Brother's not here. What, what, what makes me say that I killed him or that? Well, you know the Gemara says. I mean, it's a you know. Can I do that? Can I give you an answer from the Gemara? The Gemara says uh, that uh, until Noah, until Noah, they weren't uh, allowed to eat meat, right? But Tosus adds that uh, Tosus in Sanhedrin adds that they were allowed to eat carrion. It was they were not allowed to kill in order to eat the meat. But if the animals killed each other, it was okay to eat. So if the animals were killing each other, so that's how Kayan may have learned about killing. But that's what, in any event, that's what Tosa says. I don't know about the history or the, the uh, geology or the ecology or all those ologies. So that's what Rashi says. Rashi says that, that when Kayan said, Gadol Avonimen is so... He was complaining to God. He said, what's the big deal? I killed somebody. I killed somebody. Okay, it's not a good thing. But what are you so excited about? You know, there's there's all kinds of terrible things happening in the world. And you, God, put up with them. So why don't you put up with me? And then the Ramban goes on and he says, You see the third line in the Ramban, those who are still awake. What are they doing? I'll say it again. 
Vahadachon Bepshat. This is the Ramban. It's the same Ramban that's printed in every Chumash in the country. There's nothing, no surprises, right? There's nothing, nothing here, nothing there. Here's the Ramban. And the Ramban says, the Ramban says, Anachon Bepshat Shehu Vidui. What's Vidui? Vidui is confession. The Rambam said, I told you, that vidui is a synonym for tshuva. The way you do tshuva is through vidui. That's what the Rambam says. Amar, emet, ki avoni gadol It's true. My sin is tremendous, and I can't expect to be uh, accepted, re-accepted. And you are righteous. And your judgments are straight. So Rashi says, Rashi says that Cain was complaining. You know, like, like, a, like a child who did something wrong. And he says to his, his mother, but you never did anything wrong. You know, you never spilled the milk on the floor. You never did anything wrong. That's Rashi. That's Rashi. Ramban says, it's Vidu. He's saying, yes, I know I did something wrong. It's really terrible. In other words, in other words, okay, I'm almost finished. In other words, both Rashi and the Ramban explaining this phrase in two different ways. Gadol Avonim in so Rashi says, it's a complaint. And the Ramban says, it's vidui. It's a confession. But both of them seem to agree that Shuva is what they, he was doing. He was either rejecting the need for Shuva or accepting the obligation of Shuva. So if I ask you now, remember question number one? How is it, how did Chazal know, how did Chazal know that Shuva preceded the creation of the world? Because they knew it from Cain and Hevel. Because it was not that Cain and Hevel invented it. They didn't invent it, it doesn't say any place that didn't give them credit for inventing it. So what's the other point at which it could have been made? Chazal say it must be, it must have been before Briyat HaOlam. And since it was there before Briyat HaOlam, even though the Torah tells us it's connected to sacrifices and it's connected to Yom Kippur and it's connected to the Beit HaMikdash, the Rambam comes along and says, Tshuva today does everything. It forgives us as much as we can be forgiven. And how did the Rambam know that? How did the Rambam know that? Because it pre-existed, they pre-existed the giving of the Torah. Kayin, he knew about tshuva. So, so the Rambam says, look, it's true that the Torah wants us to sublimate our tshuva action within the context of the Beit HaMikdash. But if there's no Beit HaMikdash, and there's no Mizbeach, and there's no Kohen, then the tshuva reverts back to its original, its original kind of level, which is pre-creation, pre-creation of the world. So what does this help me?
This has helped me because the Rambam says, you come to Yom Kippur, you shouldn't feel that you're missing out on something, that something is missing, that there's some idea that, uh, that you can't quite grasp. That's not what the Rambam thinks. The Rambam thinks we can do it. We can do it because the world was created after tshuva was created. And so, I wish you all all the best. Maybe I'll see you next year. <laughs>